It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law, featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, and welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. Today we'll be speaking with Caleb Dalton, who serves as legal counsel with the Alliance Defending Freedom, where he plays a key role at the Center for Academic Freedom. ADF Center for Academic Freedom recently filed a lawsuit on behalf of Peter Vlaming, who was fired from his job at West Point High School in Williamsburg, Virginia, for declining to refer to a female student with male pronouns. Caleb, welcome to our show. Soren, thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. And uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about the Center for Academic Freedom? Sure. Uh, Center for Academic Freedom is just one area that Alliance Defending Freedom uh, engages in keeping the door open for the spread of the gospel, which is our mission at Alliance Defending Freedom, and also allowing people to freely live out their faith in the public square, whether that's in, in your workplace or at your school. And specifically, the Center for Academic Freedom, we focus primarily on public uh, universities, public high school level, uh, freedom for both students, teachers, professors to be able to live out their faith in the public square. That's great. Do you guys also get involved in elementary school stuff, or do you not see as many cases in at, at those levels? Yeah, it we we do at times. We don't see as many cases at that level, but we, we certainly do when the cases arise. Now, the case that, uh, one of the cases you're working on is uh, called Vlaming versus West Point School Board. Uh, tell us a little bit about the background of that case. Absolutely. So Peter Vlaming is a French teacher. He's taught French at West Point High in, uh, in West Point, Virginia, there near, near Williamsburg, for uh, the last seven years and loves teaching French. He actually lived in France for several years. That's where he met his wife um, and got married and have three kids. Uh, and uh, moved back here to Virginia to teach, and it's been growing great. Um, he's also, uh, you know, drove the bus, did a lot of extracurriculars, tried to start a wrestling team, which he has a background in wrestling as well. Uh, really well-liked uh, teacher there. Um, and he uh, ran into an issue just last year, about, uh, you know, about a year ago, actually, where a student that he's had for over three years um, that he had taught introductory French to and then was teaching high school French to, uh, she came to him and said that she wanted to identify as a male uh, starting throughout the school year. So he met with her and her mother and asked, you know, to understand more about that and what she meant by that. And uh, she said she wanted to be called by a new name. And uh, he was uh, able to do that. He called her by uh, a traditionally masculine name because she asked to be. Uh, and uh, that was fine throughout um, several months opening uh, throughout of the, the school year. The semester went along. Um, and then um, apparently somebody reported to the student that 
that Peter Blaming was not using the male pronoun to refer to her uh, to other parties, that when she wasn't present, and you don't normally use pronouns when somebody's present, but when she wasn't around, that he used the female pronoun, which is the accurate pronoun to refer to her. And um, uh, that uh, perturbed her. There was also uh, just one incident in the hallway where she was wearing VR goggles and was about to run into uh, a wall. <laughs> um, and he, he yelled out, Peter yelled out to um, the person who was supposed to be helping her not run into a wall and said, don't let her hit the wall. And he didn't intend to use the female pronoun. He'd been trying to, to avoid that just in order to accommodate her. And um, none of that was enough for the administration of the school when they heard that he wasn't affirmatively using male pronouns to refer to this female student. They said, you must use those male pronouns no matter what. doesn't matter what your conscience says or what reality is, or you'll be fired. And you know, he said he couldn't in good conscience do that. He'd accommodated as much as he could. He went out of his way, um, and I, I can tell you more in a moment about other things he did to accommodate the student, um, and yet that wasn't enough you know, for, for the school board. They were on a crusade to compel conformity to their ideological views, and they fired him for it. It seems like Mr. Vlaming was a pretty good teacher. What was his uh, history like with the school? with the students, with the faculty? Did he have a good relationship with them? Did he have a good record? Absolutely. He had a great record. He had stellar reviews for the last seven years, uh, very well loved by the students. In fact, they actually, the students staged a walkout the day after he was fired to protest his firing um, just because he was so well loved there. Um, and they were, they were outraged that a teacher of theirs would be fired not for something that he said or something that he did, but really for something he wouldn't say. He, he couldn't in good conscience be compelled to speak a message that, that would violate his faith. And that's what the school was trying to do here. It's not related to his teaching. Uh, it wasn't related to curriculum. This wasn't an issue of curriculum. This was an issue of the school saying, you have to speak this specific message in order to be a teacher here. And if you don't agree with our ideology, you'll be fired. You're not welcome. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today we've been speaking with Caleb Dalton, attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom and the Center for Academic Freedom. By one of the cases he's been working on, uh, Vlaming versus West Point School Board. Uh, and, and Caleb, you started um, discussing some of the ways that uh, Mr. Vlaming had been accommodating the student. You, I, I think, mentioned that there were other ways. C could you explain yeah. um, some of those other ways as well? Absolutely. Like I said, Peter went out of his way to accommodate the student. The school board wouldn't accommodate his beliefs at all. Another thing that he did, not only did he use the student's preferred name and uh, avoid using the female pronoun to refer to her anymore, he also, so in French class, all the students use French names to refer to one another. They're supposed to speak in French and use French names to refer to one another. And she, of course, as, uh, as a female, had been had a traditionally feminine French name. Uh, that she was using in class, and uh, in order to accommodate her, he, he, on his own initiative, asked the whole class if they would like to change their French names in the new semester. 
so that she wouldn't feel singled out as the only one changing her French name. Uh, so just another way that he went out of his way, really, to accommodate this student in every way that he could. Uh, and in this instance, he, he really went a mile out of his way to accommodate, and the school board wouldn't budge an inch. That's really interesting. Why, why do you think that this wasn't enough for the school board? What, what was the school board really after, do you think? It really does seem to be an ideological issue. You know, some of the, the documents that, that were uncovered even in his hearing showed that there was a concern that if he didn't specifically use the pronoun that was being requested, that he wasn't affirming the ideology of transgenderism, that, that he wasn't affirming this new identity that the student uh, created and or that was identifying as. And it really did seem to boil down to that. Would he affirm this identity or not? Now, he obviously went out of his way using um, a preferred name and, and not using her biological pronoun anymore. But for him, a, a step beyond that of actually using a false pronoun, a pronoun to, that indicates objective reality, uh, and, and one that wasn't true, that's something he couldn't in good conscience do. And it, it really does seem to be about compelling this conformity to the school's ideology on, uh, on transgenderism and, uh, and something which the board was just completely unwilling to reach any kind of tolerant solution. You know, tolerance is supposed to be a two-way street, uh, and Peter went out of his way in this case but the school board seems to make it a, just a one-way ratchet. It was their way or the highway, no, uh, no accommodation at all, uh, is really a way in which they forced him and put him to the choice of violate your conscience or lose your job. And, and uh, others might look at this and say, well, well what's the big deal? Uh, why, why can't someone just uh, refer to someone as, as whatever they want to be referred to? Uh, unpack uh, Mr. Vlaming's uh, thought process, and, and why is this such a big deal that we need to uh, protect teachers and others who do have these conscience issues and, and want to be protected in in their conscience? Right, absolutely. It's it, Fundamentally, it's really more than just about a pronoun. It's a, what the pronoun means. So as a, as a French teacher, Peter knows that words and language carry meaning. They're how we communicate truth about reality, about beliefs, about everything. So if words then have no meaning, that communication is then lost. And the speaker who is forced to use a word that violates their conscience or that, that they believe to be untrue, their conscience is then violated by being compelled to speak something that they know to not be true. And this is, I would analogize this, this is kind of like the case years ago, um, you know, during World War II, there was a case out of West Virginia where Jehovah's Witnesses object to saluting the flag or, or saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And the school said, no, you have to salute the flag or say the Pledge of Allegiance or you'll be expelled. And it's during World War II, height of patriotism. Uh, and yet at that time, even as democracy around the world was under threat and freedom around the world was under threat, the Supreme Court said that you can't compel somebody to speak a word that violates their faith. And Caleb, I'll have to cut you off there. Uh, we'll continue this in a bit. And uh, we'll talk further with Caleb Dalton, attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom and the Center for Academic Freedom. 
about what happened when a high school teacher refused to refer to his student by an incorrect pronoun. I'm Soren Lehu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, I'm David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Mauk and Baker our allies in this mission, and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Mauk and Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs, putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Malkin Baker to fight for you. Malkin Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauk and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu, an attorney at Mauk and Baker, a law firm based in Chicago which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals and their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to maukbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Caleb Dalton, attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom and the Center for Academic Freedom about the Peter Vlaming versus West Point school board case that he has been working on. And Caleb, I want to pick up where we left off. And uh, I, I imagine that there's a number of teachers that might be listening to this. Um, what rights do teachers have in public schools? Um, what does the Constitution say about their freedoms? Yeah, so as a, as a good lawyer would always say, it depends. But one thing it doesn't depend on, and that is it's very clear the Supreme Court has said that the First Amendment applies to students and teachers at public schools and public universities. There's a famous case where students were protesting the Vietnam War uh, wearing black armbands to protest the war, and the, and the Supreme Court said that the First Amendment does not end at the schoolhouse gate for either stu- students or teachers. So they, students and teachers both have First Amendment rights when they're on campus, when they step on that school, the school can't violate the First Amendment. Now, uh, there are differences, certainly, between teachers and students. Um, as teachers being public employees, there's certain legal standards that would apply to them. Um, and they might not have quite as much freedom as a student would uh, in certain scenarios. Uh, but certainly, if they're speaking on a matter of public concern and their capacity um, as an individual, the Supreme Court said that's very clear. If you're speaking on a matter of public concern in your private capacity, the First Amendment applies in full force. So teachers shouldn't be afraid, especially in their private capacity, to be able to speak out uh, on important public issues. That's great. I, I have a, a number of teachers in my own family, actually. and uh, Only a couple weeks ago, one of them came up to me and uh, told me that they have a similar situation where a student has requested uh, to be uh, referred to by a pronoun other than the um, the, the gender assigned at birth, as, as, as they would put it. And um, there's a lot of teachers looking for advice out there. What advice would you give to teachers who are facing similar situations? 
I would say, you know what you believe and why. Uh, always uh, communicate and love. And on a, in a, an issue like this, I think it is probably best to, to seek legal counsel before you take any action. So I would recommend calling a law firm here at Alliance Defending Freedom. We'd be happy to talk with you. Uh, even if we can or can't take your case, we'd at least be happy to, to talk with you about it and um, advise you if we can. Uh, forward you to, to somebody who might be able to help you out. So this is a, an issue that's certainly coming up across the country, and uh, there's yet to be a whole lot of precedent on it. So I would, I would certainly recommend reaching out to Legal Counsel, Alliance Defending Freedom. We represent our clients pro bono through the generous donations of our ministry friends. So we can at least uh, do an initial intake. If someone has an issue like this, feel free to give us a call. That's great. And is there anything that schools can do uh, to work together with both uh, teachers and students in similar situations? Absolutely. I think they can adhere to that core principle of tolerance being a two-way street. You know, they can respect the wishes of a student who wishes to identify um, and differently than their biological sex, uh, while also not infringing on the rights of others, whether it be the rights of free speech or the rights of privacy. They can accommodate both. And I think finding a balance like that is key for schools to, to be able to do, to um, you know, accommodate a student who may have these specific beliefs um, about who they believe themselves to be, but uh, also be able to not infringe on the rights of other students or teachers. Because uh, really what codes and, and regulations like this do, the ones that they applied against Peter Lamming, is they compel other people to speak a message. It doesn't just apply to teachers in his particular case. There's This type of policy would also apply to, to fellow students. So you can imagine being a student at a high school and being told, look, you have to refer to this person as, as a member of the opposite sex, or you have to use a a private facility with them in a, in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. And I, I think schools can find a, uh, a way to accommodate and, and really adhere to the principle that tolerance is a two-way street, unlike what the school did here to Mr. Blaming. And then just to pick up on that, going forward, uh, this case has ended up in, in litigation, correct? Yes, uh, we filed the, the lawsuit and this case back at the end of, end of September. And was that in, in state court or federal court? So this is in the circuit court for the county of King William in Virginia. Interestingly enough, and we brought all state law claims under the Virginia Constitution and statutes, uh, both free speech claims and religious liberty claims, as well as uh, due process uh, claims. And uh, interestingly, the, the school board has actually attempted to remove that case to federal court. So we'll actually be in federal court uh, with a motion to remand that back to the state court because this is simply brings up state law issues in this particular case that he's brought. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. Today we've been speaking with Caleb Dalton, attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom and the Center for Academic Freedom about his case, Peter Vlaming versus West Point School Board. Uh, Caleb, if you can, share with us a little bit of uh, some of the arguments that you have raised in the complaint. I think core to this is that a school or a government entity in general can't force someone to speak a message that violates their faith in order to keep their job. 
it's an issue that nobody should be forced to contradict their core beliefs just to keep their job. This is a, an issue really about can you force somebody to speak a message that violates their faith? And the Supreme Court has been very clear, and as I mentioned at the end of our last break, um, the case up in West Virginia regarding uh, saluting the flag and, and saying the Pledge of Allegiance. In that case, the Supreme Court said if there's any clear principle in the, in the First Amendment, it's that no official, higher petty, can force somebody to state by word or by action their belief in something related to politics or nationalism or basically issues of social importance. That, that's core to the First Amendment. A lot of times we think of it in the, in the context of the First Amendment saying the government can't um, keep you from saying something. So, so we say the first, we have a First Amendment right to speak. But the Supreme Court's also said we have the First Amendment right not to speak. And that's what's implicated in, in here is can the government tell one of us that we have to say something affirmatively say something that violates our faith. And that's really core to the maintaining the conscience rights of all Americans, whether or not you agree with Peter Vlaming, the government shouldn't be able to force somebody to speak a message that violates their faith just to keep their job. That's right. And I do want to discuss the, the Center for Academic Freedom a bit more, um, because you, you guys do such great work. And uh, I guess I should start by just asking, what other threats do you see to academic freedom on, on campuses across the country? Oh, that's a great question. So we see issues every single day uh, from California to Massachusetts to Florida to Texas, all across the country, doesn't matter where you are, that restrict the free speech rights of students and teachers on campus. And one of them are issues like speech codes, which is kind of like what's going on here in Peter Vlaming's case. It's something we call a speech code where the, uh, the university may say, or the, the public school may say something to the effect of, you can't speak in a way that offends other people. Well, that restricts our right to speak the truth. And obviously, we all want to be kind in, in the way we communicate. But the government can't stop you from speaking because it offends somebody. I, I mean, that's the core of the First Amendment. We wouldn't need First Amendment protections if everybody agreed with what everybody else said, right? It's when somebody wants to shut down someone else's speech, that's when the First Amendment comes in and protects it. So speech codes are a big, a big way we see uh, free speech rights limited. We see speech zones is something we run into all the time where a university says, you, you're not allowed to engage in public expression except for in this little tiny area. We see issues with pro-life clubs not being able to get recognized or not getting equal access to funding. So those are a lot of the areas. There's, there's, there are threats all across the country to free speech rights. Um, we've had the privilege to represent a lot of brave students and, and other clients who are willing to stand up and challenge these threats. And, and if you can answer this in, in about 30 seconds or so that we have mm -hmm. uh, left, why do you see uh, so much threat in, in campuses these days, <clears throat> threats that didn't exist 50, 100 years ago? There's a, a fragility, I think, that's being taught. We're, we're taught to be outraged at everything that offends us. And, and, and people are told that words are violence. And instead of speaking up with more speech, with better speech, they're told we should silence those that we disagree with. That's a dangerous ideology to promote. Freedom in every aspect, whether it's the civil rights movement from Martin Luther King Jr. was to, to every area of freedom is furthered when we're allowed to speak. And if you disagree with somebody's message, don't shut them down. Just speak the truth in opposition. 
Caleb, thank you for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about this case and ADF? You can go to adflegal.org to learn more about our work, our centerforacademicfreedom.org, specifically for uh, the free speech cases on university campuses. Thank you, Caleb. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243. That's 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty Newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Soren Lehu, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.